Well, David, we're back with a uh, another great episode of the San Antonio Realty Pros podcast. It's been a hot minute. It has. We've been slacking a little bit here we lately. Have. Even our roadcaster was messing up. All the dust got into it. Yeah. We said it. For sure. Well, we've got a special guest on today, so I want to let you go ahead and introduce her. Sure. So just to kind of do a little uh, foreshadowing, I guess. So I'm part of Tom Ferry's coaching, and I'm on a morning mastermind with a bunch of the nation's top realtors. And Cindy Pressgraves, she is in that mastermind. And she is a firecracker and a ball of energy. And she's just got a tremendous backstory. And uh, so we're going to bring her on and kind of talk about that. She's actually got a book coming out too. And nice. uh, so just a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about. So Cindy, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, thanks for Thank coming on Thank you for having today. me on your... Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, not so, a problem. Uh, you're welcome. So my book is um, actually being published next month. It's called Becoming Successful in Real Estate. Um, how I Sold My First $15 million as a Single Mom. Um, I also was a military spouse, and it talks a little bit of, a little bit of everything. Yeah, well, you, and that's, that's the thing I was talking to Stephen about. So I, you had your first podcast last week. And so I listened to it and there's like several things that just kind of stuck out with me and resonated with me. I was already impressed by your intelligence and analytical thinking when it comes to problem solving and things like that. But just kind of hearing some of your background it is phenomenal and, and motivating. And that's why I wanted to have you on here because we've got a lot of female realtors out there that, you know, they may have a, a similar or people that are looking to aspire to get their real estate license that may have a similar background like you. And I think you would be a fantastic motivational point for them in their lives. So the first thing that stuck out with me was the fact that you failed your test. Was it eight times, seven times? <laughs> eight times. Eight times. Well, I did fill my test eight times. Usually that's a red flag, but I mean, well, it know, turned out great. <laughs> so, but, but what sticks out with go me. Ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so what sticks out with me though is, how many people would have quit after the third? Oh, yeah, for sure. Or the fourth mm-hmm. or the fifth. I'm not going to go all the way to eight. But, I mean, to me, that just proves that you have the drive to succeed in anything that you put your mind to. And I think that's fantastic and motivating for so many people, regardless of gender or, or even career field. I mean, that's phenomenal. Definitely. I mean, in a lot of people, it's just like it's, you fell the first time, second time, third time and it's it becomes expensive don't get me wrong but it's i see it as you know what some people may feel like oh my gosh you sell your test eight times okay but you know what it's i did not give up you got to look at things in the positive side not negative side and it's turning that negative outcome into a positive outcome and how determined you are to succeed in things in life not giving up on anything yeah, I agree 100%. There's so many millionaires and billionaires out there that didn't become famous or rich until they were like late into their 40s and they failed multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, just continue to fail, but they just kept trying. Hey, we're going to change it up a little bit here. We're going to do something different here. We're going to maybe even change directions completely. But they didn't give up. Yeah, and I'll be honest, you know, knowing that, you know, I'd kind of use that as an asset, right? Because like me, if I didn't know anything about real estate, and, hey, you've been in real estate for three years now. You, it took you eight times to get your, your license. That tells me you have tenacity. That tells me you wouldn't give up on yourself, so you're not going to give up on me. So I'd be more apt to work with you than, than somebody else. So that's, that's phenomenal. De- 
It definitely. I mean, it's just like one of my, like I've had several clients and it's like at the beginning, now I usually show three houses and we're, we're good to go that you're going to get some of these clients that you're like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? We don't find a house. We don't exceed all their, their expectations. And I have two clients. One of them, I showed them 47 houses and the other one, it was around the, that around amount of time but they had unique needs and it's just, you got to learn how to listen to your clients, but it's not about just showing them three houses and that's it. I mean, yes, that would be the ideal situation, but you also, like I said, you need to learn how to listen to your clients and make sure that you're fulfilling all their needs. And sometimes it's being realistic with the situation too. Yeah. hundred percent. So you work in the Georgia market. And we've kind of talked in your market is very similar to the market here in San Antonio, where it's just pure insanity. Like, I think right now we have about a month of inventory. What's the inventory like over there? Um, here's like a couple of days. I'm thinking it's like five days. Um, wow. Houses are not, if it's priced right, it's not even lasting 24 hours. Right now, um, some of my listings, they're not even hitting the market, actually. Mm. I mean, they get... I mean, I have them coming soon. I get a, a, a listing agreement and all that. But even before hitting the market, it's just they go under contract. Yeah, uh, it's insane. And so one thing that we've kind of talked about, too, is how our markets are similar in the fact that it's getting harder and harder to get VA loans accepted. So are you finding that there more and more now? So, Okay, so Georgia, okay, so as a previous military spouse, I was, I lived in Minot, North Dakota. If you don't know your military, <laughs> that's where the best come north. Why not? Um, why not? <laughs> why, that is correct. <laughs> but so my transition moving from a military community to a non-military community has been very, very different. So down here in Georgia, because I live in a non-military community, People do not know how to work with VA. And unfortunately, they turn those down. But if you have the right agent, believe me, anything will go through as long as it'll pass VA. So actually, um, one of, uh, one of the, uh, one of, one of the uh, guys from our mastermind, Craig, he actually, we, he has a client that he referred to me from West Virginia to, um, to Atlanta. And he had been working with this client for, well, somebody else would have been working with this client for a month and a half. And I was the one that actually got them into under contract within less than a week. And guess what? You're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. They're a VA. It was, we, VA, yes, full asking price. Hmm. We didn't go over asking price or anything. And they're fixing everything that we requested. Wow, nice. Is a seller, yes. do you know if the seller was a veteran? Um, no, um, it's not. This one is a totally different story because the seller was desperate. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, you know, when you look at those properties, also take, a, take into consideration those properties that are back on market mm -hmm. as well. That's yeah. going to help you because keep in mind that once they go on the market and they're back on the market, the seller already has a house under contract and they need to sell, uh, sell quickly, close quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and that's that's something I just started doing with one of my clients because we were getting into multiple offer scenarios or getting into where if we submitted an offer, we knew it was going to be a, a multiple offer scenario and he's got limited funds. So 
I was like, let's just change the strategy. Let's go and just look at back on markets instead of news. Because a lot of times those become stigmatized for no reason, right? When people see back on market, they're all like, oh, I wonder what happened with that. Must, mm-hmm. must have had a bad inspection. But I take the time to read the, the agent confidential remarks if they put them in there. And most of them is they backed out for financing. Mm-hmm. Like one of them was uh, the person buying it was an investor and wanted the solar panels taken off and the seller wouldn't take the solar panels off. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of, like, that should have been figured out ahead of time, like, in the contract. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, there's got, only one of them was an inspection issue, and then they put the inspection report right on there, and it was it was fairly clean. I mean, for the age of the house, I thought it was a pretty good inspection report. But, you know, hitting those back on markets now. And another thing that's going on, too, is what I found, I haven't done this yet, but, you know, I keep it in handy in my bag, is, you know, when you put in this market – you might have to put out four or five offers at one time mm-hmm. and hope one sticks. And, you know, something may happen where they got one under contract and then one they like better came back on market and they back out of your contract and go in that other one. So there's a lot of a lot of back on markets going on now. Do you see that going on? Definitely. Um, I do. Um, but the what I have found is having a solid communication with a listing agent. If you can get a hold of a listing agent, you know what, just be clear with them, be honest from the beginning and see if you can develop that connection with them. Because if you develop that connection and I, I tell this to other agents that have not worked with me before, I'm like, look, look at my reviews, look at my experience. This is going to be a solid deal. When I, when I work with someone, I make sure that it's solid completely. I'm not going to waste your time. I know it's going to, I'll make everything go through. And some of some of the times that works and some of the times, you know what, they come back to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cindy does a thorough background check. She like gets their net worth, their marital status, like fingerprints. She does like a 23 and me kind of thing. Nice. I mean, they're, they're fully vetted. I mean, they get, <laughs> they get an over 40 physical if they're over 40, maybe even if they're younger. I mean, she's very thorough with her vetting <laughs> process. Yeah. So it's like, well, the wife's expecting, so we might need a fourth bedroom. Right. So um, now what, what other kind of uniqueness are you having over there? With the market, um, it's basically the uniqueness of the market is, you know what? I've been having a lot of people from New York, California, um, Florida. A lot of people from Florida coming over. <laughs> They're getting and from cash buyers going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and a lot of people looking for new construction. Like I was right now um, talking to a to an agent, new building. Um, New construction, and he's like, "Look, we don't have anything available till February. That's when we're going to close." And I was like, "Wow, yeah. I mean, it's but this is what I tell my clients: Look, if you want to, if you're looking at a one year, six year, six months to a year, let's get you into new construction. Let's because you'll have that equity there. You'll get that low interest rate right now, and you'll once you move, you'll have that. You'll have equity." I mean, who wouldn't love to have fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars of equity once once they move into new into their new home? It's happening to this guy mm-hmm. right here. Yeah, I got a house under th- uh, contract at three ten at the end of February, and right now that model that I've got starting out three eighty. Yeah, it's insanity. See? Yeah, so I'm yeah. hoping they raise so, the price. I close on June thirtieth, so I'm hoping they do another price increase before the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, so it'll probably be at four hundred thousand yeah. by the by by yeah. end of July. Then Easily. that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, do you see builders over there? So every state's a little bit different. Do you see builders putting in their contracts more and more now, like escalation clauses 
to raise their like. So some of the builders here were starting to put in there like they can go up to fifteen percent higher than the contract price at their discretion. Are you seeing that over there? I have not seen that here yet. Uh, what I've been seeing is uh, what the builders here in Georgia are doing is they're going, they're waiting for the third phase to basically to be able to go under contract right. because of those building supplies, the amount of how much money um, things are costing. Uh, costing Right now, there is a builder here in my community. I'm not going to mention it because it's a big uh, builder and I live in the community. Um, so they are actually um, starting to accept bidding wars. So multiple offers. It's not about like, now you go to this builder and say, this is the house I want. This is the lot I want. Nope. We'll just accept uh, multiple offers and then we'll just go ahead with a, with the best one. Wow. They're starting to do that here with lots. There's a builder over here that I found out that they are auctioning off, if you will, the lots and mm. a lot that would normally be six thousand dollars i heard one went for 55 wow. that's just the lot price and i'm like how are y'all gonna so i don't know if they're like hey you gotta come with cash for that because yeah, they're no gonna have to like appraisal issues yeah. and things like that yeah they're gonna run into so, some massive issues something that actually happened to me and unfortunately my client wanted to terminate and it was like this is va we went under contract in february that my client went ahead and I know this, um, this broker, he, he, um, it was, oh my gosh, what is it? He didn't comply with a contract. I can't remember how you call it right now. Um, but we went under contract. This is for 600, um, $710,000, um, uh, $710,000 property. So we went under contract in February. The lot was a hundred. Um, he charged him, I think it's like a hundred thousand dollars or one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for the lot, and then the rest was to build and all that. So the builder got an offer for two hundred thousand dollars for that lot, and this is for a VA client. And he basically tried to change the, the 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 contract over and over again. And because he's a builder and he's the owner of that lot, my client terminated because. He didn't, the builder didn't want to, he had increased the price, but there was no stipulations on the contract though. Hmm. That's crazy. It's a fantastic call to an attorney. So, yeah, exactly. That is, that is correct. And I, I had talked to my client and all that, and uh, my client didn't want to do anything because he doesn't, he didn't understand. And I'm like, look, he is um, a breach. Oh my gosh. Breach of contract. Mm-hmm. He's in breach of contract. And no, but then again, it, what, what can I do unless he finds an attorney on that? And I mean, the builder had all to lose there, but I mean, that's, that creates a bad credibility on his end now too. Yeah, no doubt. So it's really interesting on how people are getting more greedier and greedier and greedier when we went under contract in February and then he wanted to raise the price of the property for 200,000. Yeah. The lot. So, but you know what this greed that you brought up, it's crossing all spectrums. Like my, my old neighbor, I was, uh, went over to his house yesterday to go get an auger to give to one of my tenants to put a fence up. And, uh, so he, he's the vice president of operations for a large, um, apartment complex builder. And he's having the same issue with supplies. He said that, um, there's no petroleum shortage. There's no shortage of other, like these manufacturers, they're controlling the output. 
mm-hmm. to cause the supply and demand issue. So they can make, instead of making $20 an I, a widget, they can make $40 a widget. Yeah. And uh, so it's just a crazy the amount of greed that's going on around here. It, it, it is insane. I mean, everything has been going up. Like um, somebody posted on Facebook yesterday, like the lumber price, like it's like $89 per um yeah, four by eight. Her log. Yeah, it, it's insane. When a few months, well, a few years ago, you could have just bought it like for ten, fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. or you know, it's ridiculous. It's crazy how it is. Oh yeah. Um, and especially like um, I always recommend like my my assistant, where she's actually my best friend. We had talked about she had a quote because she wanted to do her um her screen and porch and remodel her bathroom. She got it quoted $37,000. I told her, look for, look for different, look for different um, quotes. She went ahead and did, did it again. And she got quoted less than $20,000, like 14, $15,000 to get the whole thing done. Yeah, no, it's crazy. The amount of greed out there and, you know, sometimes you know, they're just like trying to be out there to throw out a number and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do that. Like I've talked to several trades and depending on how busy they are, they'll throw out a stupid number yeah. and see if somebody bites and then they'll drop a different, they'll drop the cheaper job to take the more expensive job. Yeah. That's like the walk away price. Yeah. It's like, uh, here's a number. I'm just going to walk away. If you reach out to me, I'll, well, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm looking at somebody right now that's probably done that a time, a time or two with the sandblasting, right? Uh, yeah, I've, I've quoted some jobs before that were a little ridiculous because I didn't want to touch it. You yeah, know? yeah. So, cool. so, um, so in Georgia, what's kind of the biggest real estate aspect over there? Like, so here in San Antonio, we are super military heavy because we have. Randolph Air Force Base, Lackland Air Force Base, Fort Sam Houston. We have Camp Bullis. We have, uh, and then you go to Austin, you got Camp Shelby. Um, in Corpus Christi, you've got a, an Air Force Base, Del Rio. You got, like, worse. Texas is so heavy military. I know you got Warner Robins. You got Fort Benning, Land of Red Clay. That place was horrible to be at. <laughs> um, and then you've got Hunter Army Airfield. I think that's in Georgia, right there at the Florida Georgia border. But do you have a lot of VA buyers? around that area? I know you, where you're at specifically doesn't have a military base, but are you finding more and more VA buyers over there that may just want to stay in the area after they retire, but just kind of spread out a little bit? I actually have a lot of when, when it has to do with VA, it has to do with people that have been actually there um, retired mm. or yeah, they're, they're retiring. Like right now I have a few of them that, uh, or they have they have bought a property and they have they're selling it and they're buying again um, another different property. But what I'm finding also too is a lot of people don't understand or and do not know do not have the knowledge of the benefits of having a VA loan, and that is a fortune, especially in this area. And so usually, like right now, I'm having I have a few of my clients that are actually one is in Pennsylvania, one is in Virginia, I think Virginia beach and they are relocating, but they're real. They're retiring here. Yeah. Well, I'm on the, 
the Military mm-hmm. Affairs Committee for the San Antonio Board of Realtors. And one thing that we've tried to do is, and they're starting to work on is we're going to be doing a like video commercial kind of thing with, I think it's like the top 10 reasons why to use a VA loan. And like the number one thing that is universal no matter where you're at is the VA loan is the only loan that will allow the seller to contest the appraisal. And right now I'm trying to flex on that with my VA buyers that can't come up with a bunch of cash to bridge Mm -hmm. an appraisal issue. So, you know, I I reach out to the listing agent. I'm going to start writing like a little, you know, honey-do letter to the sellers. You know how you usually do one for the the buyer usually does one to the sellers? I'm going to think about starting to do one for me and highlight, hey, here are fantastic reasons why to accept a VA home loan. Yeah. And just highlight the the advantages of it, you know, and good. Did you um, go ahead and see like the, uh, you should do like an offer tip in multiple offer markets. So whenever, I don't know if you saw that, but I actually shared that in the, yeah. in the WhatsApp chat. It's saved on um, my computer. You should, okay. So do that, but do that for VA and then right. just share it with me. That's right. That, that, <laughs> yep. That's where I got the idea from. Yeah, okay. the reason why a yeah, lot of our VA loans don't get accepted around here recently is because of the issue with the slow catch-up rate for appraisals, at, you know, VA loans here. Like, they were getting tidewater left and right when the market started kicking off here back in December, you know, January time frame. And then these appraisers were just coming in super low, and then everybody's like, well, I don't even want to accept a VA loan because it's so low. Well, I have a theory about that. I think that they were so busy. Probably. They were just enacting tidewater to give them a few days extra. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Have you ever had Tidewater enacted, Cindy? I have never heard of that. But okay. you're lucky. So you. for this VA, <laughs> so for this VA, um, for this um, VA loan, our area is seven days for appraisal. Holy moly, we're at like three weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good luck. No, here is seven days for appraisal, and it actually we're closing. So we went under contract June eighth. We're closing on. July second. Wow, that's cool. that's phenomenal. That's fast. Like over so here, like, that's very. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, like even over here, it's taken up to to four weeks to get the HOA resale certificates. Yeah, what kind of population density like, do you have over there? Uh, what do you mean by density? Like how how many people are in the the area you mainly work at? I work all over the place, so it doesn't really matter so, where it is. I mean, I don't, I don't serve only one area. I work in five or six counties, probably eight at counties. Are you in but Fulton County? The reason um, I've worked in Fulton County, um, so Fulton County, Gwinnett County, Fulton, um, Cherokee, um, Cherokee County, which is Woodstock, um, Woodstock, and there's, uh, yeah, I work all over the place. So she's probably very similar to us. We're probably about two and a half million yeah. in, our, in our general area. So she's probably with Atlanta in there and, and stuff. She's probably in the same same ballpark. That's just nuts to get an appraisal in seven days. Yeah, my cousin lives in Pre- Peachtree City. You know where that's at? Yes, I do know that where that's at. <laughs> yeah, she lives Cindy's in gonna be like, What's the address? I'll go over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, well, I, I'll Google it. It's Let me condo. see. Oh, I got Remind here. Yeah. It's like a golf oh. cart community over there where they live. She's like always posting pictures of them driving around golf carts. So, oh. Cindy, just so yeah. you know, if this ever pops up, if you ever hear the word Tidewater, 
it is an act within the VA loan that if the appraiser feels that the house will not meet appraisal, they can enact this Tidewater, and it gives 48 hours for the listing agent or, or any other party that wants to try and contribute comps to contest that, to contest the appraisal, right? They don't come in and say, hey, your $300,000 house, I'm appraising it at two ninety nine. They don't give you the dollar amount. They just say, hey, you have 48 hours to get me everything you got to justify your contract price. Yeah. So FHA, v, uh, conventional, uh, com, um, they don't do that. But VA, it gives the seller the right to contest the appraisal if it comes in low. That's really interesting because a lot of people are like, well, would appraise or it's not going to pass VA loan. And it's the ignorance. Um, and I'm not trying to insult anybody here, but sure. there's a lot of uh, um, ignorance with, when it comes to VA. Because let's say, for instance, FHA, if you if you go ahead and um, fight an FHA, it's going to be it's going to be hard. Um, if you fight an, a conventional, actually, it's going to be up to the client. Be like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Either you take it or leave it or walk away from it. Um, but with VA, I have not had a. I have not had that yet. Well, that's good. Let me let me lock knock on wood knock, now. Knock on a lot of wood, yeah. So knocking on gold right there. But here's like the, the other thing because you talk about ignorance, and ignorance isn't like a doesn't necessarily have to be with an IQ and intelligence level, just mm. not having that information, right? And so a lot of people and veterans included, when they hear like they don't have any money down, they come over to me like I had one about a month and a half ago. They're like, "Hey, I want to get a VA loan." I'm like, "All right, cool." What do you got for, for cash, right? You know, this is a little bit more abrupt than what I was talking about. He's like, I don't have any cash. I'm like, how are you going to buy a house? Mm-hmm. So he's like, I've got a VA loan. I'm like, I don't have to put money down. I'm like, that's money down on the loan, but you still have yeah. closing costs. Yep. Right? So it goes back to education. Then a lot of people it. call it a VA inspector. The VA does not send an inspector out. It's the same appraisal that would come out. Mm-hmm. They just have like a little extra checklist on things they have to mark for the VA. Yeah. And... So there's not a VA inspector. Yeah. And most of the time, like I've seen some stuff go VA that I'm like, oh, I got my fingers crossed. You know, set up like an incense altar in the office, you know, whatever. But, uh, and it goes. The main thing is it has to have like a stove. Yep. It has to have like a source of heat. And then, No unfinished know, walls or floors. Right. Painted uh, surfaces on the outside, like decking wood and all that has to be painted right. or stained. Uh, no, no WDI, wood destroying insects. Yeah. Requirements. That's pretty much about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, but everybody thinks that the, there's going to be some drill sergeant coming out with a <laughs> little drill clipboard. sergeant hat and a clipboard and, and an angry, you know, knife hand and be like, it's got to get fixed. I don't know why those shingles aren't straight. Right. I pity the food. I think this is going to go be yeah. <laughs> You know, so. It'd be it hilarious, back, but no. Yeah. So it goes back to education. Yeah. Right. And, and saying something, you know, because there's a lot of people that are ignorant. And again, that's not a derogatory term. It's just they don't have that knowledge on the different aspects. And that's where it's our job as a listing agent or our job as the buyer's agent to kind of convey that education to the other party for the buyer's agent, conveying that information to the other party. Hey, look, you know, as you know, right, can always start with as you know, because Mm -hmm. it makes them it makes them feel like you think that they're smart. Right. And they could be like ignorant as hell. But, hey, as you know, VA is the only loan that will allow the seller to contest the appraisal. Mm -hmm. So that's a guarantee opportunity 
for your client. Hey, as you know, VA doesn't have an inspector. It's just the regular appraiser that has a couple extra things they got to take off. And as you know, your house has a stove. Your house has finished floors and walls and, you know, there's no WDI issues and stuff like that. So as you know, there should be no issues with it going VA. And that's what I do with like some of the newer agents because I'll look up their license number of whoever I'm dealing with to know, kind of get a gauge on what their experience level is. Mm-hmm. But I found that if you come in and say, as you know, it brings down a barrier of contention as I'm smarter than you. Right. So if you ever have that issue, just start off with, as you know. And, and yeah, I usually tell them, well, you know, you know, you know, you have to know this, you know, and I, I then I just yep. keep on talking. But yeah, you know, cool. but no, it's, it's really, really interesting. I mean, especially the different markets and all that and how everything is. I mean, I, I know you guys have, I mean, it's insane how you guys, do different things because you guys use a title company. We use an attorney. Right. I mean, here we can close as soon as 10 days. Um, not VA. I mean, the, the earliest I've seen that it can be closed is like 22 days, 10 days, depending on what it is, probably be eight, 10 days, but depends on how, how fast it could go. Like with the appraisal and all that due diligence period. Um, yeah. I mean, if there's, if everything goes smooth as possible, then it can be closed. But depending on, it's the relationship with the lender. It's all going to come down to the lender too. Yeah. No, it's, especially if they're a, a national lender like Quicken Loans or something like that, they're going to be bogged down more than maybe a, a local lender. So, True. And it's like, um, oh, go ahead. No, there's, I don't know. Do you have a, a company called Pilgrim Mortgage there? Um, I'm not so sure. You might want to check Probably. it out and see if there's one in Georgia because Pilgrim Mortgage does not have a credit score, a FICO credit score requirement for a VA loan. Hmm. The VA loan itself does not have a credit score requirement. It is simply an overlay by the lender. So if you ever have a veteran that comes in and they have a lower credit score than whatever, like I, I've got somebody with a four, 450 credit score, a VA loan in, on a brand new house. And this was what? like three years ago when the interest rates were about three and a half, his interest rate was four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Which is really good for for like having a sub five hundred credit yeah. score. Yeah. So you said um, it's Pilgrim Home. Pilgrim Mortgage. You know, like the Mayflower. Yeah, that's insane. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, but, as long as they got a little bit of cash, you know, to help with some closing costs, because obviously it's a little bit more of a risk, yeah. right? So there's going to be a little bit more. They still have to debt to income qualify. Yeah. But the FICO score is not there. Contributing yeah. factor to acceptance or denial. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I looked them up. Let me see if there's anything here in Georgia, though. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're um, in Georgia. I know they're in a couple of different states, but there might be other companies around there that probably and, have the same type right, of deal. like Mortgage Solutions. Mortgage Solutions. I don't <clears> think <throat> they had uh, a credit score requirement either for VA loans. In fact, I know they. So I'm. The one I went with first. So here, when it comes down to um, to lenders, unfortunately, I have to technically look outside Georgia or anything near a base because I've had several lenders that, for instance, in my case, um, so my brother, my my brother is married to my brother-in-law, which is he's in the Air Force, and they have several properties. I think they have like five or six properties, and they've done streamlined. 
So mm-hmm. let's say, for instance, they have a, a house in, in Miami, North Dakota, and they, they bought a, where did they buy the house? They bought a house in, let's say, Louisiana. Right. And so I was trying to do the same thing, too. So I was doing, buying a house in, I had my house in Minot, North Dakota, and I was trying to buy a house here in Georgia. They told me that was not possible. I told them, yes, that is possible, as long as it didn't hit that. Uh, the threshold. Is it five? Five, yeah, five, 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 yeah, which now, it, I mean, it doesn't like, yeah. So in this case, a lot of lenders have told me, no, you cannot do that. And I'm like, yes, you can't do that. So now I look for for lend, lender lending companies that actually work with VA and know what, what they're doing, but are reliable. Because um, if they're not reliable, I cannot work with them. They're going to fail me, and I don't want that. Right. And well, it's hard to find an, a reliable um, lender. I think it's Mutual of Omaha. They actually have a mortgage program, and they actually do mortgages across the country. And one of my agents actually took one of their VA loan classes and got certified through Mutual of Omaha for VA loans. So it's just like a, it's a free free opportunity to get that designation. But you get put into their system that way too. So if you want to see if Mutual Mutual of Omaha does anything in Georgia, you can talk to them too. I'm looking at it right now. And then, uh, what is, I was going to tell you something else. There is that, and I can't remember right now. So tell me about, like, um, would you prefer, like, a lot of people come in with, oh, USA. Oh, I remember now what I was going to tell you. Okay, what about the one, um, Construction to perm loan, one-time closing. Have you ever dealt with that? I have never dealt with that. I know what it is, but I've only done two builds that the owner did construction, like a loan like that. And um, both of them just took out the traditional construction loan and then did the final cl- the wrap-up when it was done. Here we have two here that are yeah, first um, so that. you're talking about Premier um, PRMI Mortgage, I think it is. They're in Dallas. No. Um, so the the two that I had to use, they used the local lenders. One was Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union, and then the other one was I'm trying to think of who it was. It was somebody. There's a small bank in Gonzales, Texas, mm. and basically they did um, the the construction loan, and then did the perm loan, but the one in Gonzales, they did the construction loan and it, it went out in the different uh, um, phases, right? The um, the different um, draws that they had to do. and that, But they only did, my client only did a one-time close. So they'd sit, they, they did everything right up front and then they just had to go in. They called it a one-time close. They still had to go in there and sign a couple of documents, but it was nothing significant. It was probably like five or six pages they had to go sign, but... I know what you're talking about. I've just never have done that. Yeah, I mean that's a, like that's that's a whole different like scenario and all that because I've I've worked with two of them and actually they have fallen through because they have not like so when you go into construction to perm you have you have to have your client understand that it's a long long process 
And some of them become very impatient Mm -hmm. and they don't want to wait or they, you know, there's a lot of things like finding the right builder, find like you got the property, but finding the right builder and that is willing to go through that. But then again, it's just like building a home. It's not like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to close next month. No, it takes six to eight months, sometimes a year to go through that process. Right. Now, here's one thing I did for one of my uh, custom home builders because they were looking at doing that. And then they talked to the builder and then the, to see if the builder would just fund everything and they could just close one time at the end. And the builder just charged them whatever the interest they were going to have to pay. They just charged that interest to the client. And then the client didn't have to deal with anything, right? Because <laughs> the, builder, the builder was accepting all the risk because if they walked away – you know, they walked away, but, um, but yeah, so the, in this the, market, they're like, sell it for 50,000 more. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, that's another option. If you can't find somebody to do the, the, you know, one-time closer, or if you're having problems with finding somebody that can do a construction loan, talk to the builder. Cause sometimes the builders, especially if they have been around for a while, they have a good business line of credit with their bank. They can front the stuff, and then they just carry off the um, interest and pass it, and add it to the the purchase price of the house, or or make figure out what that is, and then make the buyer use that as their down payment, mm-hmm. um, and just drop it down. So, a couple of different things you can do with construction. I like the idea of the one time close because it's just simpler. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Frost Bank here. Um, and then Jefferson Bank over in San Antonio does those. Yeah. This person usually, um, usually down here they have like the um, the credit unions. But some of the credit unions, when you look at their interest rates, it's outrageous, and they don't they're not that quick neither. Right. Hmm. Interesting. It's just interesting the different and markets some, and what you got. And then some of the builders, they're going to want a 20% down. So it's a 700, um, 20, yeah, 20% down or, <coughs> sorry, sure. or cash. Yeah. Right up front, huh? Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting how things work, but then you guys have the HOA and all that. You guys have to, how is your guys closings over there? How is your guys like process of, doing like contracts and all that is it the same as here or is it like i I, you know here's what we do we get a house under contract we take the contract to the title company with the earnest money and the option money the option money i know they call that different stuff everywhere but that's the feasibility time you you here in texas everything's negotiable but typically it's ten dollars per day that you're going to take the house off the market for your feasibility time and then once they once you pass the feasibility time um they just they get, you end up getting the title commitment about day ten, and then um, about you know then, then they're just waiting for the, the documents right. So if you have to order a survey, they have to wait for the survey to come in. They got got to order the HOA docs. They got to come in, um, just all kinds of different appraisal. things. They're gathering all the data. Then you get the appraisal, and then they wrap everything up and close. So before it used to be thirty days. I'm putting about forty to forty five days on my contracts now. But I'm having that conversation with the listing agent and saying, hey, look, here's the deal. We're going to close as soon as we can. But as you know, it's yeah. taking 29 day, 20, up to 28 days for some of these HOAs to get the resale certificate. 
We're looking at like three and a half weeks or so to get an appraisal back. Mm-hmm. I can put 30 days on there if that's attractive to your client. And then, but the, you know, the reality is it's not going to happen. It's like, do they and, like writing extensions? Right. <laughs> and so, and that's what I tell them. Like, look, I'm putting 40 days or 45 days on there because that's realistic. Yeah. And when you work with me, you deal with somebody that deals in real, real the real world scenario. Mm-hmm. I can go right on there. We're going to close in 14 days if you want me to, but you know, that's not going to happen. Wow. And so, you know, it, but right now we're looking about, about 32 to 35 days is, is about the average right now. Yeah. Um, but I've just started putting 45 days on there just because here's the thing, right? I do both. I do sells and I do buys and, Everybody's frustration level gets ticked up once day 30 comes and we still don't have the appraisal back. Yeah. And everybody gets really mad when they're because everybody hates HOAs to begin with. And then on day 29, we just got the HOA certificate. Right. And so um, I just put in 40 to 45 days and have that discussion with that realtor with the as you know. Now, go talk to your clients and if they want to counter back that day, I'm cool with it. I just like to be realistic right off the bat. Um, but I think we're about to, uh, ticking out of time right now. Is there anything else you yeah. want to kind of go over real quick? Um, is over, so we're listening to in how many states? It's a now? lot of places. But a lot of places. Like I think it's seven or eight countries, but yeah. I don't know if there's like only one guy in Indonesia that listens. Right. <laughs> it's hard to see the analytics. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, if if you want to put out your information here. So that if there's anybody listening in Georgia, and they can reach out to you and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast, and you give me a 55% referral fee. Just <laughs> um, and then um, just put out, you know, you put your information out there. Again, let us know when your book's coming out, what it's titled. It's going to be on the New York Times bestseller list, right? Or yeah, it's going to be in the New York Times Reader Digest, and I don't know what where else it's going to be. It's also going to be an Audible, too. So the title is going to be Becoming Successful um, in Real Estate and then how I sold my first $15 million as a single mom. And then I have my podcast. Well, this is also going to be in my podcast, which is Real Estate, Divorce, Single Mom. So that's my podcast name. Cool. Hey, so if you'll do us a favor too, just send us all your social links and all that so that I can put it in the show description notes um, so it'll help the algorithm a little bit. So people can find all right, you. Perfect. I'll do that then. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem, Sunid. As always, it's great talking to you. All right. Uh, Have a great, great day. I'll talk to you at 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, 8 o'clock in the morning, your time tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I get that hour in to, to sleep. <laughs> no, all right. Have a nice day. All right. Take care. Bye, Bye Cindy. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, she's super knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were done. Yeah, I, no, we're not done yet, my, son. Let me come on back over here. Sorry. Uh, I was getting ready to go. I have business to do, man. All right, well, we'll wrap it up uh, really quick. So, I just yeah, wanted so to give Cindy, you a little bit of a chance to kind of. Yeah, so Cindy, she's, she's very knowledgeable. Like, we didn't get too much into her background, but if you listen to her podcast, uh, it's, I won't say a racks to riches kind of thing, but, you know, she was a common person. Yeah. And she took adversity, and instead of running away from it, and cowering towards it, she took it and manifested who she is now. And yeah. she's, I mean, she's writing a book. She's a single mom with two kids. Um, she went from no money into the bank to having a successful career. Yeah. Um, I mean, like we talked about, she felt her test eight times. 
She's very tenastic. Yeah. It's tenastic over a word. We just created it. Word. Hey, there we go. Word you, of the day. Tenastic. Made, there you go. It's fantastic. Fantastic with tenacity built in. <laughs> oh, and you leave Aini Kamosi alone. There you here. go. But fantastic woman. Uh, you know, she was kind of toned down today. Like in our, our mastermind, she's like full throttle, man. Yeah. She's, but she's well, that's throttle. early in the morning. So she's waiting on that coffee bump at three yeah, o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, super, super knowledgeable, her and everybody else that's in my mastermind. It's just phenomenal to be able to bounce ideas because we look at things here just in Texas. Yeah. And I think there's like 12 or 13 states represented in our mastermind uh-huh. and to get all the different experiences. Some people the I think the newest agent has been in for like four months, five months. Uh-huh. And then there's others that have been in real estate and it's sold land to, to Noah so he could go okay. chop the trees down and buy nice. and build a boat. So. Uh, it's really cool. So, um, you know, it's awesome that Cindy was able to take some time out of her busy schedule to come on here and, and talk to us Texas boys. Absolutely. Well, we'll get her information put up in the show notes. You guys can go check her out. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening for this last 45 minutes of us rant on about uh, the real estate market. But NBA as loans. you guys all know, it's important information. we got to know if you don't have anywhere to get your sources of information about real estate, uh, you can definitely check back here. San Antonio Realty Pros. Yeah. So, Send us a message if you got something specific. Yeah, we're also asking people to go to Google and like review like the the, the Karis Randolph company page. Uh, so if you just type in Karis Randolph on Google and just write a review if you like, uh, even if it's about the the show, if you just like the company, uh, our real estate company. Um, if you've done business with David or myself, we, we're asking for reviews. It, it helps bump our. Uh, SEO to the top. No haters. I don't think we're only just congratulators. Page 25 right now. But anyway, um, we'll check you guys out in the next show. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed today and we'll see you next time.